Hello and welcome to What a Picture, a movie podcast where we go through the set and set. Oh, 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 wait a minute. No sight and sound today. Yeah. Some future sight and sound entries on the pod today. Mm-hmm. We are talking about Oppenheimer and Barbie. A wonderful collection of both sights and sounds. Yes. Yes. Uh, a couple logistic things before we get into it. This will be a very spoilery podcast. Please watch these movies before you listen to this. We're talking about both movies. Because mm-hmm, Ian and I... Barbenheimied like the best of them. Yeah, we did. Barbenheimied. <laughs> I actually really like that. That was fun. <laughs> we Barbenheimered yesterday. Took we the did. day off work from work. Sorry, Brian. Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer at ten forty a.m. Yeah, we did. <laughs> Very loud at ten forty. Packed. It was great. Yeah, right. and then Barbie to took, took an hour long break, got some barbecue, mm-hmm. and then Barbie at three ten. Mm-hmm. Um, we got some barbecue, and then we got some barbecue, and then we watched Hiroshima and Nagasaki get barbecued. Yeah, get barbecue, and then watch Barbie. What Q T? Oh wow, yeah, that is what. So we're <laughs> we're going to be talking about both of these films. If you have seen one of these films but not the other, I'll put some timestamps in the uh, episode description so that you can uh, can listen to uh, which 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 of these movies do you want to talk about uh, first? Let's Anna? go Oppenheimer. That's what we watched okay. first. So Oppenheimer. Um, holy moly! So wait, can I go first? I just yes. started going. All right. Um, I. Was really looking forward to this. I love a World War II. I love a science movie. I love just like the ethics around nuclear warfare. Mm-hmm. There's a lot there going into it that I was like, oh, this is very me. Um, I like appreciate Christopher Nolan. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's mm-hmm. not talented. I don't care for Inception. I didn't care for Tenet. No. Dark Knight's wonderful. What else mm-hmm. do I not care for that he did? Oh, uh, you haven't seen Interstellar. Dunkirk, maybe? Oh, yeah, yeah. I didn't care for Dunkirk. I thought it was kind of boring. Interstellar was like, yeah, we'll see it eventually. So my, mm-hmm. but of all those movies, like, he has a style. It's a good style. I think those for me, just mm-hmm. like, story-wise, I, I didn't vibe with. Yeah. And so um, this, I was like, very excited about. Yeah. The acting cast is great. The story is great. The fashion is great. The visuals are great. Like, it's, it's, it's perfect for his style of directing mm-hmm. um i thought zero misses i thought it was truly wonderful yeah um yeah. what do you think yeah absolutely so i went into these two movies with sort of opposite um opposite reasons that i was excited okay so for this one like you with christopher nolan it's very much uh I have some trust issues. I haven't <laughs> liked the last few that much. Uh, I think Dunkirk is objectively a good movie. I'm just not much of a war movie guy. And I did not like Interstellar, uh, Dark Knight Rises, or... You know, uh, Dark Knight Kevin. Rises? Didn't like Dark Knight Rises that much. I thought it was okay. I mean, it's not Dark Knight. But yeah. that doesn't yeah. mean... It, was it... I don't... I. Just, uh, I haven't seen it in so long. I can't even. It's it. It was too long. Was the main thing, and I just felt uninvested. 
Okay. Okay. Uh, uh, it's been too long for me to like <laughs> dive deep into my feelings. I'd have to rewatch it. Uh, but so Christopher Nolan is like a very talented director, um, but has to be doing the right thing for me to be interested. Yeah. And this is very much the right thing a grounded story no fantastical elements but something you know something where he can plumb the depths of his character stuff i think is always pretty good yeah absolutely um, so that had me excited for this and then kelly and murphy of course i love um and then Barbie is sort of the opposite of I'm like, a, a, I know, but just <laughs> talking about like expectations okay. of, you know, a project that on the surface I would very much not be interested in, but because Greta Gerwig is directing it, and especially after she directed Little Women, which is another project that I wouldn't be super interested so in on the surface level, but she did such a good job with it. She's like a she could make me interested in any project type of director. And Christopher Nolan is the opposite, where it's like has to be a very specific type of project for me to be interested. And it aligned where they both released these movies on the same day and they were both amazing. Yeah. So that, that, that was really exciting for me. I feel yeah. like I would follow Greta Gerwig into the depths of the of of of, of the underworld. Um yeah. she does pick projects that I'm interested in. Yeah. Because she does coming of age, she does mm -hmm. historic, you know, little women, she mm -hmm. does um I really liked Frances Ha, which she showed me, mm -hmm. um, which I know she only started, but she was great. Uh, she was an episode. I think she wrote it, too. But Noah directed it. Were they already married at that point? No, I don't think so. Were they together at that point? I think they were together at that point. But uh, Noah had a co-writing credit on Barbie. Yeah, I thought that. that. I thought yeah. that, but I also like that she, I mean, not that he doesn't have an important voice in it, but like mm -hmm. she is the face of like the production side on this yeah, tour. Yeah, definitely. Okay, but let's, sorry, let's. I just, I just like that they help each other out with their projects. Like it's very much Greta's project. It's Greta's project, but, but yeah. I think that like, they obviously are, you know, romantically entwined and have that, but also they're, they make each other's art better. Definitely. Um, which yeah. is great. And that they can like, you know, it's just, it's cool. Anyway, so Oppenheimer. Yes. Um, oh, my initial, uh, or my reaction to Oppenheimer. <laughs> you asked me, you asked me, and then I answered a completely different question. I love it. To set up you, my me? reactions. I really loved Oppenheimer. Mm -hmm. um, I thought the structure was very well done, where it was a bit complex, but never hard to follow. Um, some of the visual uh, cues and surrealism I really responded to. The sound design uh, was incredible. The visual effects were, well, no CGI in this, actually. So it's all practical effects. Yeah. But those were very, very well done. Um, brilliant performances, brilliantly structured. Loved it. Yeah. yeah loved it. Absolutely loved it. I think, you know, you've got <laughs> really good, like, backdrop to get creative with like there there are times where i mean you see the test bomb so that's kind of the biggest like experience is that you know they're out in los alamos ranch they're spoiler alert they're, they're building mm -hmm. the atomic bomb 
Um, and you get to see the, the successful test bomb go off like days before they drop it on Hiroshima. Mm-hmm. And um, it, I can't, ex- like it, t- I, I <laughs> what that we experienced crazy, yeah. was so cool. It was silent. It was giant. And then it was loud and it never got knocked off. And the kind of, that type of experience you saw mirrored a lot within Oppenheimer, just like as he personally experienced difficult things. And so as he was kind of like going through a freak out or or something, an existential crisis, you kind of see the, the, um, the picture around him kind of shake a little bit and you see kind of his, his, his image detached from background and just like, I don't know the ways that it was it was all looped together in a really cool way um okay so this movie you have essentially two framing devices which is where you see like something in the future that isn't the main story and then it flashes back to what is the main story so you have the framing device of the presidential cabinet uh hearing for Robert Downey Jr.'s character and then you have the framing story of uh Cillian Murphy's character his security clearance hearing but really the Killian Murphy yeah. that's right um we, had a big about that. we did <laughs> we did and I got it wrong after all of that ado but I was wrong you were wrong but now I was wrong this time oh okay so, yeah okay. as you know Confusion sometimes goes what both ways. American things. Just yeah. I'm, I'm really kidding. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> so then the main story for the first like two hours is the story, like his history and mostly, you know, them building this bomb. It's pretty linear. Yes. For the most part. And so like there is timeline jumping, but it's structured in such a way and he's good about it. He uses black and white for certain things, so you can tell what timeline is. It it didn't seem hard to follow no, to me. It was not tenant. Yeah. We've had a harder to follow movies. From Christopher Nolan. From Christopher <laughs> Nolan and from other directors that and Tenet is just like a very much like don't don't even try to follow it sort of thing seems to be what he's saying which i don't like but he uh he's he's good with his structure here i think it it works very well where it tells a complex story in a way that does loop back on itself i especially thought what was effective because like you were saying there are times when you see flashbacks or flash forwards or different things the most effective one of those to me was the stomping. So you see essentially in a meeting between Robert Downey Jr.'s character Strauss and Oppenheimer, uh, they're sitting at a table and uh, Oppenheimer is like thinking while they're talking and you hear this really loud stomping sound and you don't really know what it's from. You find out later in the film, but earlier in the timeline that. It's essentially after the bomb has dropped, he goes into the gymnasium and makes this big speech. And there are all of these people stomping and clapping. And it's like, uh, uh, 
celebratory moment that's also quite dark because of what they are celebrating. And that scene in particular was like, okay, this is like so masterfully done, Mm -hmm. that gymnasium scene. I thought that's when the movie really took off to another stratosphere. Yeah, I think it was really powerful too, because just what was going on at that time, like, war is... Pretty anti-war. I, I mean, it's just that you've got like people just weeping and rejoicing that they did this big thing and they were the big enemies, but 220,000 people died as a result of these bombs. Yeah. And it's 220,000. Like counting it up at one point yeah. in the movie. And so it's like you've, you know, and he even makes the line of like, we, we could have dropped this on the Germans and they're all like cheering. And it's like, Germans are already conceded like I don't know I think that there's that's kind of this like you know he'd been toying a lot with the gravity of what he created and Mm -hmm. you see just him slowly realize that like he though he is in charge of creating this thing he comes to grips with that he has no responsibility or decision-making power over what happens with it Mm -hmm. and so you watch him realize more and more that he has no, he he can't control this thing he's created and he can't control how it's going mm-hmm. to be used and so you see him try to speak up a little bit and tr- but he also is wrestling with understanding his role and wanting to trust um the the, the military in the u.s and groves i think is matt damon's character wanting to trust that they're going to do the right thing but the right thing is so subjective when you are in wartime or, or whatever mm-hmm. um and I think this is the moment where he's you see these people rejoicing, this crowd praising him, and he comes to grips with the depth of what he's done. And so you kind of flash between his face and various members of this crowd. Some are weeping with joy, some are weeping with like the also feeling the gravity, some are vomiting, some are <laughs> making out. Like, you know, you kind yeah. of got every single but they're just all these huge reactions and 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 not that i mean i don't know if you've looked in what to what some of the japanese forces did in china china and korea during the war it it's grotesque i mean i'm not saying that that this wasn't a time of heightened um fear and and horrible 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 war crimes but also like the people of the civilians, the Japanese civilians, a lot of them died. And so this is not, I mean, yeah. So then you got, you just kind of see post-war how Oppenheimer kind of is like, hey, we should probably be a little more careful with how we deploy these things. And and we should be, but then you jump right from World War II into Cold War stuff and um, McCarthyism and, and, and all of that. And it's such a, confusing time it is yeah and so i'd love to hear what you thought of the last hour i came around to it but i did find it a little harder to immediately connect to um so the last hour here we we get rid of the you know the the bomb has gone off the framing devices have run their course but really, we end up with these 
these two timelines of Strauss's hearing and Oppenheimer's hearing, and we see more of what happens in that. And it's very much people talking in rooms, character driven. In some ways, it's dealing with the gravity and the fallout of what happens to a human after you've created a bomb like this. Mm -hmm. But it's also dealing with the political ramifications and the Soviets and what Oppenheimer says afterwards and these like political machinations between Strauss and Oppenheimer and all of this stuff. How did that strike you going there instead of just like dealing with the emotional fallout? I'm glad it went there. Yeah. I know that you initially were kind of like, weren't expecting that. Weren't I um listen, I listen to a lot of podcasts on this time in, in our yeah. history and just like the global fight against communism, um, which is stupid. Um <laughs> but this time was um super, super intense. I mean, I don't know. I think that like you ultimately do see Oppenheimer get his Presidential Medal of Freedom under LBJ. Um, <laughs> the prosthetic nose that she's just, just <laughs> perfect. Um, but a lot, a lot of people's voices were silenced just because they believed in just like even moderate views of worker party type mm -hmm. politics. Um and and this big boogeyman enemy of of the Soviets was used, um, you know, up until present day, <laughs> to to create um atrocities all over the world, um, mm -hmm. with U.S. Well, that's a whole other thing. So I I felt like this, and it's something kind of you see, especially now in a lot of like biopics are um. People who maybe were silenced for one reason or another who actually did wonderful things. Um, and you're kind of seeing their story. I mean, I keep thinking of like Hamilton, you know, like <laughs> who lives, who dies, who tells your story. Like you see them get a little bit of a redemption story. Like here's what happened to them. And it, it's the, it's the, my favorite podcast is you're wrong about it. You know, mm -hmm. um, telling the actual story about re the reviled women of tabloid culture is a lot of what they do. They have a lot of, a lot of episodes. It's a great podcast, yeah. but I think that this was a really cool example of that. And it showed just the intricacies of the government's work against him and his voice. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it all got started, got kicked off. We have not talked about president Harry S. Truman played by the wonderful the amazing, the fantastic Gary Oldman. Yeah. Like I, maybe I mean, I'm trying to remember if I'd seen him in any press tour stuff because I watched a lot I of press tour stuff. So. I mean, Gary Oldman, what a gem! But um, <laughs> his Harry Truman, like, so after the bomb is dropped and after Oppenheimer's, you know, on the cover of Time magazine, he goes to meet with Truman, and Truman is kind of like. At first, like, yeah, we did this thing. You made the weapon. You know, what you did is really great for America. And Oppenheimer starts to, you know, share some of his reservations. And Harry's like, you're nothing. Get this guy out of my office. Like, yeah. very much like, oh, if you're not for the the American war machine, 
I don't yeah. have any to have anything to do with you. Um, you're nothing. And so I I found that really interesting. I found that this like this this government driven effort to silence someone who did not deserve to be silenced um, for his many beliefs, most of which I agree with, um, but that's neither here nor there. Um, I thought just watching that was really powerful. I thought the twist that it was Strauss all along Mm -hmm. was really powerful. I thought RDJ, Robert Downey Jr. was just like, so good. So good. good. He brings all of his charisma that made him favorite famous in the Marvel Cinematic Universe to a more serious part yeah. that requires a little bit more dramatic depth, maybe, mm-hmm. and he knocks it out of the park. I thought it was fantastic. Yeah. I can see some uh, Best Supporting Actor accolades and, and things coming up. His age. Sure. Um, Alden. Elvin Rick. Han Solo. Han Solo, or just like the most German-sounding name I've ever heard, he was also. Wonderful. Would that it were so simple? Would that it were so simple? I don't know what that is. That's from uh, Hail Caesar. Oh, I do love Hail Caesar. Okay, yeah. we should rewatch that. Yeah. Um, but he was great too. I don't think there was a single acting role in this that I was like, "You're not great." And I love that there were so many roles. Yeah. And based on real people, which was really cool too, that, you know, I think, you know, this is a a secret project. A lot of people didn't get Mm -hmm. recognition and maybe they didn't want recognition after the fact for being a part of this. But um, Mm -hmm. I thought that was really cool. I think, okay, let's talk about Oscar predictions for this movie. Okay. Best actor, Killian Murphy. Picture. Lock it. Picture, lock. Cinematography. Director, Lock. Lock. sound editing, sound mixing, visual effects. Um, yes. Robert Downey Jr. for supporting. We might see some females. Yes, yeah, Emily Blunt for supporting. Um, I would love yeah, to see. I, I just feel like uh, there haven't been very many that I've seen yet, like strong female performances past lives would be the one that i'd say but i and i wonder what we'll see towards the end of the year here with movies getting postponed and such but yeah this could snatch up some just because there's sort of a void there unfortunately so can i tell you yeah one of my favorite things that happens in um i love a like uh, an out of nowhere supporting actor actress nomination. Hmm. I love someone who's been on the screen for like two seconds, but they're just the best two seconds yeah. that I would love to see Gary Oldman. Be. That would be. Really he won't be. Yeah. But that role, that him as Harry Truman was really fantastic. Very good. Oh, okay. So we're also going to get set design, costuming, and makeup. Um, well, maybe not makeup, but uh, I think costuming. Costuming, you think? Maybe. Uh, maybe. Yeah. So. Um, Matt Damon, maybe. Yeah, um, I think it'll go. Get, it'll be one of those like ten to thirteen, yeah. Oscar nominations sort of thing. Like this is gonna the the Academy is gonna eat this movie up. It's right up their alley. Yeah, yeah, it really is. Have you seen? Just because you're more, I'm not. I'm still not on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, again, technically I am. Technically, mm-hmm. I have a Twitter that's active, but it's real dumb. I might deactivate it. Have you seen any like negative feelings about the movie? 
this one has been almost universally positive. Yeah. Yeah. Almost it, universally. Can I say my one, um, my one qualm? Yeah. It's not quite a qualm. If you look at like, so the beginning part of the movie, he's just like constantly in classrooms. Mm-hmm. That, it is 1920s through 1940s. The diversity among True. his fellow students is very unbelievable. Yeah. There are people mm-hmm. of color. There are like half of them are women. Like, not that I don't want that to happen. I just don't really see that being um what actually happened. Mm-hmm. But maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Oh, Florence Pugh supporting her. Yeah, I forgot Florence her. Pugh. That was great. Yes. She's great. Mm-hmm. You made a joke, Brian, though, that it's gonna be hard for them to find a reel for her in this movie where she's not naked. Yeah. Um she's very naked. Um so is Kelly yeah. Murphy as well. You can't see anything though. No. Yeah. Um, I wasn't trying to look, but like it's it's <laughs> you know it's hard to not see it when it's right there. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't right there. Anyway, any other thoughts on this one? Um, the ending, fantastic. Yeah. Great way to end it. Yeah. And you know, a, a great visual effect. Uh, how did they do that without CGI? I, I have heard that there is no CGI. There, that might be CGI that last yeah. shot, but that's that's, that's fine. Oh, also one last thing, people. It was three hours long. Mm-hmm. Beware of your liquid intake. Yes, Brian went to the bathroom like an hour in. I held it the whole time, but mm-hmm. the last like twenty minutes, I was looking at my watch constantly. Like, when is this going to be over? I don't want to miss it. But so, yes. just like plan your plan your potty breaks. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And we had we we consume large amounts of coffee in the morning, and so that made a difference. Snuck in our coffee mug. Uh, Sorry, Regal. Yeah, yeah. ten forty showing. Yeah. Do you think Regal serves coffee? Oh, I'm I, sure. Really? Yeah. 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 Maybe they serve everything, okay. especially that theater. That was a nice one. Anyway, people, we love you. Let's pivot to Barbie. Barbie. Bye. Okay. Initial thoughts, my love. I would rather hear your initial thoughts. I made a joke on Twitter. Uh, last night, like Barbie's take on feminism, a man's take. And I just don't think I'm really qualified. Like this movie is not necessarily It's a movie for, for the kids. me. I, it's a movie that I love. Yeah. And I think one of the great things about Sight and Sound has been seeing movies that aren't necessarily made for you and appreciating yeah. other perspectives. But this movie was made for you. So I would love to hear your opinion. First. Um Okay, so I loved it. I thought it was so good. I thought, mm-hmm. like, visually beautiful. So fun. Mm-hmm. The level of just creativity. I mean, the opening scene, you see that Barbie is in her world, and she's, act like, the way that she's moving is how a child would play with a Barbie. Mm-hmm. The way that she, they even make a joke of how she floats, you know, she never goes downstairs. She just kind of floats down from the top, and she does. Or the way that mm-hmm. she all her fridge is set up like just the set design for this was so incredibly intentional um that right off the bat so great um every single person in this movie is beautiful Mm -hmm. so beautiful um i loved the um you know something that the uh the the tween in the movie actually comments on is how barbie you know was perceived as the idealistic body type and beauty standard for so long. So Barbie had this big re-engineering and like the aughts maybe to be like, 
a little more full bodied, like have mm-hmm. a, a less tiny waist, bigger shoulders, things like that. But I love that this Barbie world, because it was supposed to be the Barbie world is what the inventor of Barbie wanted the image of Barbie on the world to be. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of the ideal. It's 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 taking away everything that the world made it and just making a Barbie world. So you have diverse body sizes. You have diverse races. You have um, people with disabilities. You have like all types of Barbies out there just being beautiful and having fun and loving mm-hmm. each other. Um, I loved that Barbie, you know, ev- the Barbies were the Supreme Court and the Barbie was president and all of these things. I thought that was really sweet. I think that you kind of what Barbie world was, was the innocence and the idealization of what Barbie could be. Um, And so then you get that juxtaposed with the world's reaction to Barbie when she gets into the world um, as, you know, what the world took the beauty of Barbie to create these disgusting beauty standards in a patriarchal society. Yeah. I don't know. I could rant about this for a long time. Yeah. This movie was made for me. Um, yes. So I loved that part of it. I thought that the humor was so funny. Ryan Gosling very was funny. fantastic. He was very funny. Um, the like, this movie lacked subtlety in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm fine with that. Like the yeah. fact that he's just like, I want patriarchy. Like, I, you yeah. know, um, or even... There's a part where um, Ken is asking for a job from another white man. And he's like, but I'm a white man. And you know, he's like, yeah. it's like, well, we still are in charge. You just have to be more subtle about it. Like, yeah. you know, I, anyway, so I thought that was great. I thought Kate McKinnon was, so she's good at everything yeah. she does. She was so good. Um, <laughs> that was quite funny. It, yeah. yeah. Just so I, I also loved that, um, the dialogue was so good and every now and then the Barbies would just like stop and have a really, really concise commentary on the state of things, either with their own em- emotional maturity or within the mm-hmm. societal structure. There's a part towards the beginning where you're talking about how great Barbie world is mm-hmm. and one of the Barbies who's like arguing to the Supreme Court is mm-hmm. saying things like, because I have a well-reasoned argument and it's emotionally driven. And that's great. And yeah. so, I don't know. I think that there yeah. were so many, I've, um, I read just a series of like conservative and um, uh, sexist yeah. <laughs> um, responses to the Barbie movie and everything that they're complaining about. I'm like, yeah, you're right. And I love it. Like yeah. everything that you have to say that this is horrible is actually so good. Um, yeah. The only thing, well, no, you tell me how you feel. And then I'll go. Okay. Yeah. So the main thing that I loved, you haven't mentioned yet, which is fun. Okay. America Ferreira. So I thought good. her performance and the writing around her arc was mm-hmm. really excellent. Yeah. So basically, she's the impetus for the plot of this movie where she's been creating these drawings of like, Thoughts of dying Barbie and cellulite Barbie and it's so funny. (laughs) And so and then, you know, she becomes the voice of like why it is 
why it is hard to be a woman almost, but it's it's more subtle than that. Of she has some like it's just hard to exist when there are all of these pressures around you and you just want to exist and not have to worry about it. I and think it's the main thrust of the the movie, which I think is a great message and something that is is definitely needed. Yeah, there's a lot, I mean, just being being a person, but also being a woman, there's a lot of contradicting expectations of you. Yeah. And I think America Ferreira's character um, mm -hmm. just laid them all out in a really, a really great mm -hmm. way that, like, her performance, her deliverance of, she has, like, one big scene as she's, yeah. Yeah. That big speech was so concise and it was it was shared with such just it's like desperation and exhaustion for the state of what women yeah. have to experience um mm -hmm. and it's so like mm -hmm. relatable i mean maybe not every single one of those things are things that i've experienced or feel mm -hmm. regularly but yeah. most of them are things that i've experienced at one time or another yes. and i think one of the 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 most powerful things about feeling mm -hmm. those ways is to know that it's a universal feeling mm -hmm. um is to know that like oh okay i'm not the only crazy person here like i'm not the only one to experience this mm -hmm. um and so i thought she did that was really well written and, and well delivered um mm -hmm. yeah yeah i i really loved this movie yeah, the uh, the other thing at, at the very end, her pitching the ordinary Barbie, I yeah. thought was really fun. And then Will Ferrell says no, and then the person whispers that it'll make money, and yeah. he's like, "Yes." Yeah. <laughs> so that was that was fun, and she's like talking about this ordinary mo Barbie, and like maybe a mom, maybe she's a mom, or maybe she's not, or maybe she has a great career, or maybe she's not, and it doesn't matter, right? Yeah, it's it it doesn't matter because Ken yeah. is just Ken. Yeah. Ken just got to exist as being the boy doll. And that, mm -hmm. not that it's not great to aspire for a career, but that mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be the thing that defines you or the only thing about you. Yeah. Um, Michael Sarah gets very limited screen time, but it's very good. It's good. Yeah, I think this movie was just such... I think, well, one more thing about America Ferrer's character is, mm -hmm. you know, like you said, she's the one who kind of started this all off because she goes and plays with the Barbie. That's her daughter's Barbie. Like you see that mm -hmm. her, some of her best memories before her tween started being a tween and pulling away, which happens. I'm not ready for it, but it's fine. Um, was playing Barbies with her daughter. And I think mm -hmm. that that's something that toys and I'm going to start crying. Um, that toys in our childhood, yeah. like the comfort that comes from just playing and yeah. just like I, my kids, um, have some of my childhood stuffies yeah. and I was joking the other day because they were like playing with them and I just picked one up and I snuggled with it for like mm -hmm. 20 minutes and like my heart like I was a stuffy kid I played with Barbie some but that was really like my stuffed animals and um yeah the comfort that comes with just like the memories and the connection and yeah. the like the sweet innocence and toys mm -hmm. can bring you back to that. And so yeah. I think that's why this movie is so powerful for a lot of people because Barbie was so much of their childhood and to see like, as the world gets more chaotic and as we just, our, our, our needs become more complex. Um, mm -hmm. 
to be able to revert back and not necessarily escape, but just like rest in the, the memories of our childhood and toys can snap you back into that. And Barbie does that for so many people. Um, I think that this movie does really good justice to that. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, we saw so many like seven year old girls with their moms at Barbie, you know, and they're all dressed up in their pink and they're like, our, our kids are too young for this. Um, and don't play with dolls yet. So it's, it it wouldn't make sense for them to go, Mm -hmm. but, um, this like multi-generational thing, it's just like, it's so sweet. So I, I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm thankful that this movie was made. I'm thankful that it it I mean my experience with Barbie and my experience mm-hmm. with what it was supposed to be this movie definitely put that out mm-hmm. and even put out the funny things like destroyed Barbie or weird Barbie you know like how because yeah some of us did pull their heads off and we mm-hmm. you know we 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 maybe colored on them or maybe cut their legs mm-hmm. off or you know that that is a part of some people's childhood so I'm glad that was there mm-hmm. but so the things about Barbie that could be bad um Mm-hmm. not fair yeah I was a little disappointed that no no Barbies were smushed together having sex in the back of the Barbie Jeep like I did with my Barbies <laughs> oh goodness um, Barbie and Ken but you know I, I just like <laughs> smush them together because I'm five and don't know what sex is but they can get naked so I just every kid did it it's fine um did they oh yeah for sure mm. yeah yeah I um, did not well you didn't have Barbies. um so I do want to talk a little bit. I think this movie ultimately does a good job, but it is like a very big brand and a corporation Mm -hmm. behind this film. Mm -hmm. And so I think a lot of people are having mixed thoughts on, you know, can, does this movie do justice to critiquing corporations and being critical of the ways in which perhaps Barbies have harmed in in addition to helping. (laughs) I thought it handled it pretty well, as well as you could while still being sanctioned by Mattel. And Mattel, I thought, was a pretty good sport. I think so, too. Um, I think, yeah, I've I've also listened to... um, (laughs) podcasts about Mattel (laughs) and just the rise of the toy industry um I think I agree that Mattel was a really good sport Mm -hmm. um obviously this can't be a um a movie Mm -hmm. bashing Mattel (laughs) like it can't be that I thought though that they did a really good job um with well first of all let's talk about Ray Perlman yeah national icon I would that's another one I would love to see an Oscar nomination she won't get it but that'd be fun um, but she being, you know, the creator of Barbie and her even joking about the tax evasion stuff, which I love, but her, the sweet grandma like character coming out and explaining the joy that is Barbie, mm-hmm. I thought was really, really beautiful. It lended to the point behind Barbie. It lended to, you mm-hmm. know, why, why she was created in the first place. And so you have that, this shows kind of Mattel, if I were Mattel, mm-hmm. I would look at that and be like, oh, that's my, um, that's, you know, the marketing, that's the great stuff. And then mm-hmm. the Will Ferrell and the, 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 the social or the, mm-hmm. um, the, the corporate structure of everything, or and there's one point where Margot Robbie's Barbie even is like, 
where's your CEO? Like, where, who's in charge? Where's the woman in charge? Um, and they're like, well, we had a female person once in the 90s. Like, yeah, I think that's funny. I think yeah. for, if, for Mattel to sign up on that is super, um, you know, self-effacing. But I, th- I, yeah. I think that's really funny. Mm-hmm. And that they're we're a good sport about that to show that like, okay, yes, you can have this beautiful dream behind this thing. Mm-hmm. And also be slave to your yeah. stockholders and to the corporate structures and to all of that. Yeah. I think that um, we talked about a little bit that, the, you know, America Ferreira's daughter, Sasha? Maybe. Maybe. Anyway, she kind of goes on a rant behind about why Barbie is problematic yeah. uh, and her experience with it. And it's like, yeah, that's all there. We had to make fatter Barbies. Like, yeah, that's true. Um, and I don't know what and Midge, the pregnant Barbie that was discontinued. You know what? I remember that. Yeah. And I don't remember that she was discontinued because no one bothered. I remember because they, when they made her, she didn't have a wedding ring, and people were losing their minds because oh. this Barbie was pregnant and didn't have a wedding. <laughs> oh goodness! Like that is like the oh, it's fine. But I remember her belly would come off. Like she would have a baby, <laughs> and like the belly would just like, pop off. That's what happens after you have a kid. Your body goes exactly back to what it looks like before. Um, So, yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that, like, anybody, what, it, I mean, I'll take this away from just Mattel and Barbie. Like, you can put something out into the world, and it could be hopefully net good, but maybe have some negative things. And Mm -hmm. you can acknowledge that, own up to Mm -hmm. that, and try to be better. And I think that this was part of Mattel, like Mattel signing onto this was them doing that. Like was Mm -hmm. them saying like, yeah, our Barbies probably did this. That wasn't our intent. Yeah. And we wanted to share what our intent was, but also like we signed on to every single bar, like the, the images of all these Barbies that are, you know, fat Barbies and disabled Barbies and Barbies with mm-hmm. um of different races and and all this and mm-hmm. so I yeah. yeah I think this wasn't like Mattel's redemption story it's not about that mm-hmm. but that Mattel did sign on to this I think yeah it w- was a was a good thing and also necessary mm-hmm. for the movie to be made in the first place because Barbie's a trademarked thing but that's yeah another thing. It reminded me almost a little bit of what Hitchcock was doing with the Hayes Code, where he was subverting it, but within the bounds of what the Hayes Code would allow. Um, and I think there's a bit of that there. I, I think the movie works because Mattel allows a wider circle of things than would normally be expected from a corporation of like you've got to stay within the lines of this amount of um brand representation and represent our brand well and all mm-hmm. of that stuff so they allow a little bit more than maybe i was expecting going in and also Greta Gerwig is pretty masterful about subverting and staying within the lines of what they will allow while still critiquing in some ways. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it 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 was really interesting. And like we talked about with the Hayes Code, I think you can make great art within constraints, whether that's constraints from the, you know, IP that's allowing you to make the movie or within the 
constraints of you know the Hayes code and these moral you know hmm. that moral was in yeah. quotations uh but strictures yeah so, yeah I thought it was good um the only you know piece of diversity that you don't really get representation represented would be uh sexual identity right but I think that's because Barbies are sexless and they make a joke about that. Yeah, like, there's no one really, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Attra- except Ken being attracted to Barbie. But even that is like, it's you gotta Barbie. be That's a romantic person. love, yeah. yeah. And I think it's because he was made to be an accessory to Barbie. Yeah. I read a thing that apparently Ken was never supposed to be Barbie's husband. He was always supposed to be her boyfriend mm-hmm. because it's her house that she bought with her money. Mm-hmm. Um but years ago, Barbie and Ken got divorced, though. So the oh, thing in the yeah. thing in the set, I don't know. Um, yeah, I think that there were certainly like, um, especially among the Kens, some of them definitely had like the gay vibes with each other. Like there were certain pairings of Kens, but I think it's just mm-hmm. because that's how they played because they're traditionally girls' toys, and girls tend to be, you know, mm-hmm. more. So I um. Yeah, I think the only, okay, and I haven't really formed this thought, so I don't know if it's going to make sense. Mm -hmm. So, obviously, the real world is ruled by patriarchy, and that's not good. Mm -hmm. Um, Barbie world, though, is, I don't think is the perfect place. Mm -hmm. And I'm not, I'm not a men's rights activist, don't don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. But the fact that Oh God, I'm not even know how to say this without coming across like I wanted. This is my Fox News audition, but like I don't think that only women should run all society. Yeah, I think that society should operate that if you are able and qualified and willing and work and and all those mm-hmm. things, and so that I think by the end of the movie, the idea of it's just he's just Ken. Mm-hmm. Ken can be more than just being accessory to Barbie. So like the beginning of the movie that everything is about Barbie and what Barbie can do and mm-hmm. Ken's just there. I don't think that's ideal. I don't think that only women should be on the Supreme Court, though that'd be nice. Mm-hmm. I don't think that only women should be present. I don't think that only women should be doctors and men are just there to love them. That's an mm-hmm. overcorrection of our own current patriarchal system. Yeah. And so... um yeah. yeah, I don't think it's meant to be a platonic ideal society. Yeah. I think it's meant to be Barbie world. It's and this be- movie is for women. Yeah, totally. Right? But and also, so, like, women, I mean, just as... Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I don't know if I'm making sense of that. It just... Yeah. So by the end of the movie, when Kim was like, you know, can I be this? Yeah. I, I always was like, be a cowboy. You love horses. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty. I love that his job is just beach. Yeah, yeah. I found that very. That's funny. so good. So yeah, I think that's where um, it it didn't lose me there. Like I I got what they were trying to get with, and I agree that it is Barbie world. Like they didn't come out with you know spaceship mm-hmm. Ken. They came out with spaceship yeah. Barbie. Like Barbie had her different iterations, her different professions. Um, not that your profession should define you, but um, mm-hmm. so. Yeah, I think that that was the only thing where I was like, this isn't the ideal world either, mm-hmm. but it is Barbie's world, like you yeah. said. Um, but I, I thought the humor was so good. 
Mm-hmm. Like there were so many things, just little lines, little nuances. I thought Ryan got like every single acting choice was so well done. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved all the cameos, just the the random people who are just like there. Yeah. Um, there were a lot of actors from Sex Education, um, to the Netflix show that is great. Um, so that was fun to see. Yeah, I and. <laughs> Just when Ken turns Barbie world into Kendom <laughs> and just all the dumb broy things. <laughs> and you're just like, oh God. Like, yeah, this yeah. is um the world is very much closer to Kendom than it is to Barbie Land. And I know it was hyperbole. Mm-hmm. Um but it wasn't that much of a hyperbole. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I loved the <laughs> they're building the wall, but they've only figured out how to build it up, not yeah. across. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. A bunch of like little dumb jokes like that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so both great movies. Both great movies. Um, oh, wait, wanted... Barbie okay. Oscars. Barbie Oscars. Uh, Margot Robbie. Bar- Margot Robbie. Ryan Gosling. Ryan Gosling. America Ferrera. There's already a buzz about Ryan Gosling. Yeah. I think America Ferrera for supporting. Was love. Was love. Uh, again, my wild card would be a fun Ray Perlman. Yeah. Um, set design, costume design for yeah. her. Um, directing. Mm-hmm. Original screenplay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all of the would technical. Would be adapted screenplay? Because it's on a book. Yeah, I think it would be okay. adapted screenplay. Um. I think any isn't any biography an adapted screenplay because it's adapted in someone's life. No, no, no it's not how that works. But because it's both yeah. okay. Um, anyway, back to Barbie. Picture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe music, not score, but the like Golden Globe for original song. Yeah, or yeah, original song. Yeah, we could see probably the the Lizzo one, the Pink. Could be the Barbie World the one. The, the... Barbie World. There's also that great Ken song. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was fun. Yeah. So yeah, we could see some of those. So, so okay. Okay, what were you gonna say? So don't make me pick our, between the two. No, I'm not gonna make you pick between okay. the two. <laughs> I can't pick between the two. I I thought they were both great and in such different ways that it's, it's very hard to yeah. yeah to compare the two. But since they were so great. And seeing them in the same day at the same theater with my same wife <laughs> same was only. was one of the best theatrical movie going experiences of my life. It was oh. so much fun. Yeah, I had so much fun doing this. If Hollywood could turn out, oh yeah. Well, so what was the other movie that premiered yesterday? Something with Tom Cruise? Oh, uh, oh no, not not Tom Cruise. His was uh, Mission Impossible last week. That was last Sound, week. Sound of Freedom also premiered and did okay. It only, no, it's people like a, that for a while. I it only premiered? Uh, it might have been a couple of weeks yeah. ago. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard some feelings. Yeah. About yeah. that one. Um, I'm probably so, not going to see it. Yeah. But it was, it was so good. I think the two of them played so well together where I just had a great time at the movies of, you know, if they were both really heavy movies that might um, have been difficult, but because Barbie was so light and fun while also engaging with some tricky subjects, I thought it was 
It was just a really fun time at the movies. It was. Uh, shout out to the row of like seven high school guys who uh, came to our Barbie premiere and were just lapping it up and loving it. They were so sweet. Yeah. yeah. I think. And then also we saw a bunch of people show up to Oppenheimer in like mm-hmm. full suits. Like a lot yeah. of like high school age kids, like with their suits and their little hats. So fun. cute. Yeah. The, Something's going the on theater the was packed. Absolutely packed. Um it was uh it was a fun like throwback to what theaters were like in the 90s day mm-hmm. of just like being the center of culture mm-hmm. um which they're not really anymore especially with streaming and content and all of that stuff we get most of that at home but having theaters be the center of culture again was really fun and it might be a last hurrah for that so we'll see yeah yeah. Might be a last draw. We'll see. <laughs> All right. Any other thoughts on this movie going experience, Hannah? Um, no, it was great. Um, I say you all should play hooky from your jobs mm-hmm. and go watch movies. Yeah. And then podcast about them and let us know and we'll listen. Yeah. Um sounds good. Yeah, I think that like just one thing I want to say about Barbie, there's um like political people saying a lot of things about Barbie mm-hmm. and I don't think that like seeing this movie means you feel one way or the other about your politics I don't mm-hmm. know I I think it's good to engage with this perspective though yes. and engage critically and yeah. so like if I can't imagine you've made it this far listening to our podcast and they're on different political perspective than we are (laughs) Um, but just like i would invite anybody to see this movie i think that it could maybe let you ask some i don't think you have to agree with it i think you should but you don't have to um it might just like invite some questions you want to look obviously there is a little bit of hyperbole but i i believe it's all rooted in truth Mm -hmm. um about just how our society is structured and how um women are are valued and um because barbie is about that you know women can be anything they want to be and they could aspire to what the world deems as greatness or they can aspire to um simplicity and um find contentment and joy in being ordinary barbie and that's okay too so and i think that like the power of being a person but especially a woman is knowing that like you have the mm-hmm. freedom to do any of those things and mm-hmm. can still be of infinite value because our value is not based in what we do amen love it <laughs> uh also Issa Rae for president in real life that's my uh my final you thoughts. need to watch Insecure babe if you guys have not watched Insecure um you know it is um um language and sex and drugs and all those things but also, real good. Great. It's on HBO. All right. Thanks all. Love Happy you. Barbenheimer. And let us know what you think of these movies. Go be Barbie girls in your own little Barbie world. Bye. And don't don't be Oppenheimer. Don't don't use science for evil. Come death destroy our world, but that wasn't his plan. Okay, just um, end the podcast. All right. All done. Bye. <laughs>